0: Most footwear brands use cheaper synthetic materials, but when it comes to quality, Mother Nature knows best. All birds took that idea and ran with their iconic wool runners. Wool runners are made with premium supernatural materials that are comfy and durable, so you can run to the ends of the earth or just to the store. Plus, they're machine washable. This year, take a big step forward for Mother Nature with All Birds Wool Runner. Discover your perfect pair today at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.
1: Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs.
0: I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room. But then I'd need another sofa. (gasps) I could tell people I'm into minimalism.
1: Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. This is the end. Beautiful
0: friend. This is the end My only
2: friend The end Of our July 3rd of this year marks the 50th anniversary of lead singer of the Doors, Jim Morrison's death. Of course, it's a melancholic anniversary, but it's a way to celebrate all that Jim Morrison brought to pop culture and honor him as an artist. This is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine, the music collector's magazine since 1974, and this is the Goldmine Podcast, part of the Pantheon Group of Podcasts. Jim Morrison is buried in the Grand Cemetery Père Lachaise in Paris, and every year at this time many make their way to his gravesite as a pilgrimage of sorts. This year being the 50th anniversary of Jim's passing, there's expected to be a large amount of visitors even during this, these cautious days of the COVID pandemic's ebb and flow. To talk about this with us, is someone who knows a great deal about the Cemetery Père Lachaise in Paris, where Jim is buried, probably more than anyone. Her name is Carolyn Campbell. She's an author, photographer, and artist who lives in West Hollywood, practically across the street from where Jim's famous motel room was. In fact, she has published the ultimate book on Père called City of Immortals. If you go to cityofimmortals.com, you could see even more about the book and how to purchase it. And it's a great tour guide with maps and resources and everything. But it's more than that. Carolyn did so much research on the artists buried there, and that includes Jim Morrison himself. She spoke to many of those close to Jim, especially friends in Paris in his last days there, including those who were at his. Small Cemetery Ceremony. Goldmine published an excerpt from City of Immortals in the August print issue. And you can read more on Jim Morrison and Père Lachaise from that excerpt. Carolyn does a great job of taking these interviews and research that she's done and turning them creatively into a spiritual interview with the artist. It's, it's quite unique. So we will be talking to Carolyn Campbell about her City of Immortals book, and the Jim Morrison portion of it, and a lot that you'll need to know about Jim Morrison's gravesite, from the graffiti to a bubblegum-laced tribute tree created by the fans of Jim, and how much this site is worth visiting, right after this message from CygnusRadio.com. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine, the Music Collector's Magazine. Tune in
1: Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. Hello?
3: Carolyn? Yes, Pat. Hi. How are you? (laughs) I'm great.
2: Yeah, so welcome, Carolyn. Uh... So Goldmine ran an excerpt of your book, City of Immortals, in the latest issue, the August issue, on newsstands. Of course, that's beginning July. Um, And it's in the excerpt, there's an interview with the Doors singer Jim Morrison, a spiritual interview. And, of course, July 3rd is the 50th anniversary of his death. Now, City of Immortals is mainly about... Père Lachaise. Uh, So first off, what first attracted you to the Paris Cemetery, and then the decision to write a book about it?
3: Well, first of all, I want to thank you, Pat, for doing this podcast on um, Goldmine. I'm thrilled. I'm a big fan of yours. (laughs) And um, Well, I was working in a museum in Washington, D.C., the Corcoran, and the conservator there moonlighted as a travel agent, and at a staff meeting one time I said, Kellen, you want to go to Paris in two weeks? And I went, what do you mean? He goes, one of my charters just canceled and I've got a seat and it's yours for paying the tax. Well, the tax back in the 80s was 70 bucks. So needless to say, I said yes. And a week later, uh, an artist friend at a gallery opening said, oh, I hear you're going to France. You've got to go to Père Lachaise Cemetery. And I went, mm, eh, graveyards are really not my thing. He goes, aren't you a big fan of Oscar Wilde? And I said, he's my literary hero. He goes, My ancestor, Sir Jacob Epstein, designed and built his monument in Père Lachaise Cemetery. Hmm. Needless to say, that was my goal. And 30 years later, I'm still going to that cemetery every (laughs) chance I get. And um, so that's where it all started. Just uh, Oscar. I have Oscar to blame for my obsession with Père (laughs) Lachaise.
2: Well, I I visited probably about 15 years ago. And I wish Uh I had this book um, with me because... I really didn't have anything. I kind of found my way there through public transportation. And they do give you, if I can remember correctly, a little map. Um, But this book is part travel guide. It has a map in it. It helps you around the cemetery to visit all the artists. And what's unique, it has interviews with the spirits of the artists there. So it's all of this wrapped up into one. Um, maybe you could talk about how you came up with the idea. Uh, was it going to be just sort of a travel guide at first and your love for the, how you became to love this cemetery? Because it is kind of like a work of art with all these luminaries, right? Um, well. There. And of course it's, it's, the idea of interviewing the spirits there. Well,
3: it's, I started out, I'm a writer and a photographer, and I thought this would make a beautiful photo album. Um, you know, I worked in a museum, so I saw oh, big coffee table book and big splendid pictures. But the more time I spent in the cemetery and encountering other visitors who, like myself, got lost in the 107 acres, I said, people don't realize what's here. I mean, not only was Oscar Wilde there, but Jim Morrison and Frederic Chopin and Edith Piaf. I said, this is like the salon of the greats. So I started not so much. I invited a friend of mine from um, London to, to help with photography, and I started writing and researching how people got buried there, who was there. And I encountered a lot of people like me who were lost, and they had no map, and I started to design the map. Mm -hmm. And it was all by hand, and when friends were going to France, I would say, here, take my rough draft of the map and see if you can fill in any blanks. And in 2012, I created the first map, and the one that's tucked into the back pocket of the book is the most current map. And it features all the artists, writers, and musicians, you know, my people. (laughs) But there's plenty of their presidents, their bankers, their scientists. But the book really became... Kind of like a love letter to the place. I still, to this day, after 30 years, am passionate about the landscape. It is a former Jesuit retreat of the confessor de Louis XIV, Father Lachaise. It's rolling hills. It's gardens. It's um, it's a breathtaking. It's the largest public green space in Paris.
2: Yes, yeah, so, it's, it's not well, your normal cemetery. No.
3: <laughs> But it is really utilized by a lot of people as a wonderful place to stroll. It's the fourth most popular destination in all of Paris, mm, beyond yeah. the uh, Arc de Triomphe and the Louvre. And
2: it's like uh, a park. It really is. Yeah.
3: Yes, it is. It is it is exactly like a park. Yeah, but it was it was not easy to find um, uh, Jim Morrison. Um, I, first of all, I never even found after a while my first visit in nineteen eighty one. I was just overwhelmed by the immensity of the place. And Jim Morrison uh, and Oscar is in the far north section. I did, however, find Morrison because all you have to do is follow the smell of marijuana in the air. (laughs) (laughs) And and the groups, everyone's asking. I think it's the number one destination. Of all of the 70,000 people that are buried there, it is the number one destination. And so you'll, it's, Um, As people will see in the map, it's right off of something called the Grande Ronde, which is this big circle. But it spiders off into several little breakaway alleys. They're cobblestone, and it's very much kind of an urban scape. It's like a city. But Morrison's tomb is low, and it's in between two, two taller tombs. So it's extremely difficult to locate. But
2: yeah, I, I know, remember. I, the same thing. I uh, followed what were obviously fans. Um uh, right. I don't know if I, I can't remember marijuana being smelled, but it was obviously they. It was obvious that they were fans. Um,
3: yeah, well, this is the the early eighties. It was pot was still very much a popular thing. <laughs> <laughs> no
2: but I I had one um, person that I know who is spiritual ask if you know if this was did you actually interview these artists like a seance or was it a fictional account and I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> well, answer that
3: <laughs> <laughs> well I have to tell you when I um was asking around I did befriend the curator and director of the cemetery and I was asking him they were very generous I would never been able to achieve what I did with the book Had I not had the support of a lot of historians, people at the Bibliothèque Nationale, the French library there, and the the stories were pretty wild. And I had, you know, then when I came home, did some more research, and I said, what really happened? And I just took the initiative. I called information, and I asked for the – now, this is when I'm still living in D.C., and asked for the phone number of Ray Manzarek in Los Angeles, and they gave me his home phone number. Yeah. So I called him up, and initially, uh, I was going back over my notes. I'm so glad for this interview, because I got to dig back into my archives. And it was 1982, and he, and I was asking these questions, and now that I think of it, the airplane going by here, um, he was a little trepidatious about being open. And I tried to tell him, no, I was, my goal was to be more honest about who this man was, not this crazed alcoholic on the stage who got arrested in Florida. I said, who is the man? Who is the artist? And Ray just opened up to me about um, how had he would have given up Ten years of his own career had Morrison lived, yeah, so that, that they could have collaborated on films. He said he was so much more. You know, he was basically a poet and a writer.
2: Yeah, not yeah I know.
3: Not man for So, right. Um, subsequently, I, I moved to Los Angeles um, in the, oh, I guess it was the mid '80s, mm. and I, my real estate agent was a former lead singer in a rock band. And she said, oh, you're interested in Jim Morrison. I know Bill Siddons, his former manager. I said, you're kidding. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, all of the serendipity, you know, again, creative things, they take you hostage. I would like to say, oh, I had this big plan. Every door opened to another one, to another one. So I kept following the trail. And Bill was one of the only people there at the funeral. Um, he was very generous in uh, a lot of what he mentioned to me in our multiple conversations are in the book. Right. So I got another feel for who Jim was in Bill's eyes. Right. And then one Thanksgiving, I'm um, having dinner and a friend says, oh, I hear you're doing well. I think I had the map. I, I designed and sold the map before I did the book. And I was giving out the map to friends of mine at Thanksgiving, and my friend said, oh, have you ever met Alain Rene? And I said, who's that? He goes, oh, my God, he went to film school with Jim, and he was French but also had American, I guess, some kind of uh, passport or something. But he was the one that found Jim's body and arranged the burial with Agnes Varda. And I right. said, oh, my God, where does he, he live? He lived five blocks from me in West yeah. Hollywood. Amazing. So um, Alain was unfortunately bedridden at the time. He sadly died last August. But he, too, we sat down, and he talked again about their last days in Paris together when um, he was walking with Jim through Père Lachaise and saying, wow, I'd love to be buried here. Balzac, Chopin, this is great company. And very prescient because, in right. fact, he was born. Right. So, that's yeah. how the conversations, I just met, I met Oscar Wilde's grandson at a conference at UCLA. And so, you know, all of these interactions and really doing a very deep dive into biographies, I wanted to bring forth the artist's voice. That Not was a great
2: right? That was yeah. a great creative way to do it. It really was.
3: Yeah. I hope I captured it. I mean, there there's some lively people. I interviewed Isadora Duncan and Issa Piaf and Medigliani and of course everybody's drug taking alcoholic partier. You know, I mean, so <laughs> again, my people. They now, were very, the, very.
2: <laughs> they were the rock very, stars of well, their day.
3: <laughs> they really well. They they're very passionate about their their artistic craft. Right. They live life to the fullest. Many of them. I mean, poor Medigliani, the painter, died at thirty seven. Piaf died at forty seven. Um, and and Martin, of course, at 27. Right. So something about the sevens, I don't know. But, uh, again, um, it really, at the time, I only had about three of those interviews written. And my publisher said, these are great. Let's have, can you give me eight? And I was like, oh, my God. But so, <laughs> it was, you know, when you do it, when you've got a book deal, you, you step up. Right. So I was glad to deliver a full eight interviews.
2: Well, those are the people to interview, the ones behind the scene, because, um, you know, Manzarek did open up. But a lot of times you get scripted answers. Uh, You know, you're lucky that you took it at the angle that you wanted to interview him about Jim, the artist. You know, so he really did open up about that because, you know, we heard all the stories about jim morrison the doors front man or most of the stories right but not enough about him as as the artist jim morrison because if he had lived he probably would have i think he would have just gone down a different road artistically
3: i think that he um would have gone more into filmmaking and uh, and maybe possibly screenwriting. He spent some time when he was in Paris with Agnes Varda, the yeah. filmmaker. That, and um, there's just some wonderful stories. I mean, the whole vision of Jim, uh, Agnes, and Alain trekking around Paris. I mean, right. it had to be what an encounter. Um, and, and what he loved is that he was anonymous there. Nobody knew who this guy was. And (laughs) that happened also, you know, at his death, they did not tell the police who this was. Right. They said that this was, um, and they, of course, unfortunately, this is some alcoholic writer from the U.S. called Douglas Morrison. So the police had no clue um, that who this was until they had to do the burial arrangements, and they had to give his full name. And at that point, there was no time for any paparazzi or anyone to kind of storm the funeral service or anything like that, so he got the privacy that everybody wanted. And um, well, his friends was, told
2: yeah. you about the ceremony at the cemetery, which was, you know, I mean, they basically got the coffin and they went to the cemetery. It was uh, Bill and uh, Jim's assistant, Robin, and and uh, Agnes, right? A few others and Pamela, Kirkland, Pamela, his
3: girlfriend, yeah. yeah. And there was, it, the whole ceremony took eight men, eight minutes. Yeah, amazing. That was it. and There was no headstone. It was just a, and that's why I'm sure early, early on, it was impossible to find it because there was just the dirt mound and um, there was, they purposely just did not want it. To, of course, what has become now is a, literally a shrine. Right. And um, so there, it, it, later, it, it this. Croatian artist, artist's um, right. name, I can barely... Uh, Miladin Mikulin who installed this beautiful bust of Morrison, very realistic, and that was, for many, many years, um, the one kind of landmark so that you could find the tomb.
2: Right.
3: But, and that was but stolen. That
2: I think that was stolen, like, in the uh, early 80s, was it? Something About
3: t- I was there in 88, and it was gone. Yeah. And it was... Um, that about that same time, all the graffiti. Oh, it was kind of nightmarish because people were spray painting on the, the uh, you know uh, adjacent tombs. This way, this is the end, Jim. This way, and the the caretakers at the cemetery were obviously alarmed, and the families of those uh, people who were buried near him, who had all this. Um, graffiti was were not thrilled, so right. they started to put up um, these kind of crowd barricades to keep people back. and also they were spray washing and taking all of the graffiti off. Then they had police and dogs <laughs> that would regularly kind of uh, survey the area. and people there's no more graffiti, thank goodness, and people are really behaving themselves. Um, the I, I suspect it's going to be wild um, in a couple of weeks on that Saturday, July third. Mm. I can't imagine
0: 50th on the inter- 30th anniversary right.
3: there was 10,000 people on the 30th anniversary. Right. I can't imagine what it's going to be like um, now that the vaccination thing is Paris is open now, and well, that's so just I, it.
2: Americans are now able to visit the European Union again, so vaccinated or not um I'm, you know i see it as like the magazine and the excerpt will be out they're probably in the hands of subscribers right now and will be uh, on a newsstand soon so people can decide pretty quickly if they have the money they could shoot over the
3: paris <laughs> i I've, I've, i have american friends who were waiting um to get permission They had already signed up and they were just waiting to get, you had to prove your vaccination um, and to get the permission. And this is a friend who has, I think he has a kind of a dual citizenship status. So he was in the pipeline. He's a journalist and he was ready to go. I mean, he was also, he has a home there. But there are other people who are, I looked on Facebook, there's somebody and I can't quite make out what it is. um, They are planning a party. Mm. Uh, they said, meet at 4 o'clock. Um, there was a, a friend of mine, uh, Thierry LeRoy, he has this wonderful uh, company called Necromantiques, and he's giving this wonderful life tour of all of the places that Morrison uh, visited, uh, his mm. favorite um, bookstores, the favorite restaurants that he patronized, the building that he lived in, and so he's he's gearing up this... Uh, thing for Friday, July 2nd, um, so um, if anybody's in Paris, look for Necromantic, it's Necromantics um, on the web, and the, Thierry is a wonderful tour guide. He's one of the most, you know, kind of stellar people that's very knowledgeable, and I, I met and hung out with him when I'm there, and um, so there's, there, I think there's going to be, um, it's, it's kind of unpredictable because... At one point, they were limiting. Thierry told me he could only give tours to six people at a time, mm. where ordinarily he would have 20 or 30. Mm. So now that museums are open, people still have to wear masks. They, mm. You cannot go unmasked. Mm. So um, Ma- Macron, is still, he knows, I mean, Europe is still vulnerable to surges. It's happening in certain you know, um, countries. So I think everyone needs to still be careful. <laughs> but and that, it, it's
2: That's outdoors, too, for the tours, right? Masks must be. Yes, okay.
3: yes, it it is. is. Still, they're still asking for masks. Um, I think that they're, they're, again, Europe has this new variant in the yes, virus.
2: So, the Delta variant. So right. I guess,
3: right, and uh, I think everybody... Again, we're so anxious. It's been fifteen months, but I'm still wearing a mask. I yeah. just, you know, in West Hollywood, I just with really, all the
2: crowds, you have to sometimes, you
3: know. Yeah, but well, again, it's really a shrine, and people go. Young people, people bring their their instruments and play music there. It's it's very moving. It reminds me kind moving. of
2: like uh, if you go to Central Park with John Lennon's Imagine, which is kind of a mm. shrine. Uh, people, there are musicians there that play. Lennon songs, uh, right. almost the whole time. So yeah, I you know I've obviously been there because Lennon is a favorite of mine as as Morrison right. is. I mean, people thought I was a little strange to take my day and go <laughs> visit the grave of Jim Morrison, but I had to. I was just attracted. Yeah. Uh, it was like magnetic. I had to go right. and pay.
3: Well, my it's respects. a it's a it's a pilgrimage. I mean, myself, yeah. what I was looking for, Oscar Wilde and people it's really a kind of a it's not a people look at me oddly in the like, graveyards really carolyn i said it's a place of celebration of memory
2: yeah of their, this is about what they've done right? you know
3: exactly And and i i take a certain pride in being part of the creative world in that um chopin left us so many beautiful musical compositions and balzac with his novels and edith mm. piaf with her songs and I mean, Morrison. I think that still. Um, I, I think I mentioned. I, I did. I did tell Jim in the book that he was in, in the Hall of Fame now, and the Doors yeah. um, albums still uh, are sell massive numbers. Right. I mean, this was, and I just can't believe it's been fifty years.
2: They're timeless.
3: <laughs> the, the the albums I mean, are
2: timeless. Uh, they yeah. really are. Yeah. The music is timeless, and you know, I went because. Not only am I a big uh, fan of the music, but I'm a fan of him as an artist. Um, I wasn't yeah. into the shocking stuff and all the other crap because I knew it was just part of his, uh, you know, it had to do with some of his alcoholism and his frustrations with um, celebrity. Um, but, you know, I think that's why he was glad that he was anonymous in Paris, like Baudelaire you know, just moving through the crowd and feeding off the energy without without being seen. Um I think I, yeah. I think he got off on that and I think, you know, that was a wonder in a way it was you know, he he had happiness in Anne. Um you know, it's just too bad he didn't get to have more years of happiness. Um
3: Well I I think he was haunted by I mean, alcoholism is a voracious yeah. creditor. It yeah. is a terminal illness um, he didn't unfortunately and i think it wasn't just that i and again he did there was no autopsy so no one really knows
2: right
3: um what his illnesses were but Alan told me that that when they were walking around palachez which has some very steep inclines it's like a thousand foot elevation mm. is the Jim was out of breath right and walking up some of the stairs and i suspect he was a heavy smoker which you don't really kind of get when you see in concert every once in a while you'll see maybe a cigarette in his hand but i suspect copd because alan died of copd he was a heavy smoker and the and the europeans oh my god the french the smell of gold and all of those heavy non-filtered cigarettes right and i suspect he had quite a combination um of of issues he was asthmatic um yeah. so the breathing thing was really a, a, was a troublesome issue with him and there, um it wasn't enough. I, I agree I think he might have been quite he was probably at his happiest
2: right there wasn't a lot of um promotion on the uh what cigarettes can do to you and you know the all that's even alcohol or you know I think that yeah. if he had the Um, enough time he could have recovered from that. Um, Like many rock stars have
3: done, done, some haven't obviously. Um, Well, he was trying to, he had quit drinking, Alain told me, for about a week, which is miraculous. I mean, some alcoholics can go cold turkey for a while. (laughs) Mm. But he he earnestly sought to be healthier and Mm. to be more present for his writing. And I'm afraid that the temptations around him to um, again, you know, it's that cafe society in Paris. Everyone's drinking wine, and there's smoking. a wonder. This is, you know, it's smoking <laughs> and drinking. It's your, it's that's, you know, it goes with right after the aperitif, right? Every right. dinner, right? So, yeah, and again, I think that that um, his girlfriend was was also still heavily involved in drugs, and it, right. you know, it was a the perfect storm unfortunately. But uh,
2: there you know, yeah, she left it, drugs around yeah. and that is rumored to be his downfall. So um Right, right. But it see you got a lot of stuff from the people that were around him. Um you know like and, and the go sorry. On, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> no, I was just gonna say and they filled in that those blank areas where yeah. I was able to you know, there's a sorrow about his demise. But there's the celebration of what he left behind. And that yes. can never be taken away. And that is what I don't, people don't come to the grave and say, oh, it's so bad that he died that way. No, they come and they're singing his song. Right. And they're writing, they're writing poems. The, the, there's so many tokens left at the grave site. You see photographs. You see a few bottles of booze left behind. Right. The caretakers have quite a duty to keep the, the place cleaned up. But there's always lovely personal letters written to him and um, and unfortunately there's because of the graffiti was stopped mm. as I mentioned to you, yes. there was this new habit of sticking bubblegum wads yes. on a nearby tree trunk and I don't know what that is about. <laughs> <laughs> they just, you know, there is, there is on Jewish graves, people tend to leave a stone, right. and that is a symbol to say, I've been here, I visited. Huh. And I think that people wanted some kind of a gesture that they could say, I've been here. So I guess there's a lot of gum-chewing fans, but uh, the, they, they've erected a little bit of a fence around the tree trunk. So that's another landmark. If you see a tall tree covered in bubblegum was,
2: <laughs> you stumble. <at> Marks
3: the spot.
2: <laughs> well, what? It's
3: kind of I, their their heads must spin at the at the administrator's office when they say. I mean, he has the tomb until the end of time. It's been his family right. paid um, for that. They call it in perpetuity until the end of time. So he's yeah. not being disinterred. He's not being you know ejected. He. That is his
2: final resting place. And he, you know, they cleaned it up very nicely. I mean, it's kind of gated off, right? Um, And it's got a plaque. I think his, did his family put that plaque up that says, I guess it's in Latin or Greek. It says true to his own spirit. It's a bronze plaque. Um, Yes. um,
3: There, I guess it was shortly after, um, the graffiti was was halted, and that head, the bust was stolen. Mm. The family um, decided in, to install the bronze plaque, yeah. which is, is beautiful. It has James Douglas Morrison, his birth and death dates, and then in Greek, the and of course uh, true to his own. I don't know why the Greek, but uh, true to his own spirit,
2: hmm.
3: um, which it's, is true. Um, it's, yes, it, exactly, and it's great because. It, it's a symbol that the pe- the family had some kind of reconciliation. Um, his father was in the military, and I don't think they saw eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And um, so this was just, it, it seems very heartfelt, and that that is the kind of commemorative thing, gesture from the family. So that's kind of like a feel-good moment as well.
2: Well, I think you have proof that there are diehard fans that will go on short notice. So this is a great guide. So we're... Where can people pick up the book besides uh, going to Amazon? Um,
3: it's in a lot of, uh, as a matter of fact, you can go to the website, cityofimmortals.com. And if you go to the book section, um, there is a several links there um, for events that where I'm doing book signings. But there's also a list of all of the bookstores in New York and Boston and there's that there are they're everywhere pretty much um, and also from golf books g-o-f-f books um, which is my publisher and you can get them um, directly from them yeah so yeah a book soup i mean everywhere la bromance has them um, we're probably I'm, I'm doing as a matter of fact i'm going to be doing a signing um, on july 1st mm. online at village well books and i'll be doing a zoom event but I'll be signing. Uh, there will be signed copies that you can purchase through their event. So, thanks for the opportunity to let your listeners know. But uh, Village Well in Culver City, California, will have signed copies.
2: Well, I, I like I said, I wish I had this book when I went there. I kind of went. I just dove in, um, and went there.
3: <laughs> well, well, now, now Pat, you have to go back. I do. Now you're, you're, You're going to be Um, able to recognize all the famous sculptures and the architecture, and you can beeline to Jim's tomb in no time. So you're you're in.
2: (laughs) I'm afraid, like Jim, I might get winded this time.
3: (laughs) Oh, oh gosh. I tell you honestly, I used to have to go to the gym two weeks before (laughs) I traveled. I don't know, Uh, after 15 months of sedentary sitting in front of a computer, I don't think I could traverse. Exactly. thirty some odd acres. Together. I remember now
2: that you brought back <laughs> memories, I remember it was uh, quite a trek um, walking around.
3: You have to you have to be have good uh, hiking shoes. I've seen people there who go in high heels. I'm going, What are you thinking? <laughs> you know, there's, it's it's cobblestone. It's nineteenth century. This well, is not some paved, you know, highway here. This is and it's hilly. Wet yeah. leaves. If you go in the fall, yeah. so you can you can take a nasty tumble yeah. if you're not sure and and you're oh, the the tombs are crowded together, so you're kind of it's 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 a labyrinth, but it's an adventure. Oh my gosh, they I, I, they, I, they I go
2: in on. they go in dressed rock and roll, thinking they're going backstage, but they need to go in as if uh, right. yeah, just casual. Think of Jim and his beard. And you know, just very casual looking, <laughs> comfortable. Yes, comfortable. comfortable,
3: casual and comfortable. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. One thing before way.
2: we before we uh, stop. What is the? Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember the area uh, oh. that this was in in Paris, but I can't. I remember going on this like the trans, like the subway, getting off. Right. But I didn't explore right. the area. So what's the? The area of Paris that this is in. Is... This is
3: the far eastern section. It's the 20th arrondissement. Okay. And it is kind of a middle class. Um, if, if, if I could live someplace, because the Marais and the Left Bank are so expensive, hmm. um, the Belleville, uh, there's a, the area where Edith Piaf lived, is nearby. The metro um, station, conveniently, the subway, is Père Lachaise. It's right. the green line. You, there's a lot of buses that go by there. Again, it's a boulevard, Menel Montant is the main boulevard uh, in front of the cemetery. Um, there's also the um, Alexander Dumas right. uh, Metro is on the other side. Um, and if you go to the northern section, it's the um, Gambetta Metro station. So depending upon wh- which direction you're coming from, wherever you're, where you're staying in Paris, and it's it's worth a day long don't give yourself an hour. Give yourself several hours. There's wonderful little restaurants nearby um, yeah. that you can grab a, a, a good sandwich and steal yourself up with a couple of espressos yeah. and head <laughs> in because you're not going to want to leave, especially right. if you have the map so that you can find all of these. There's just, I mean, I've only only but listed 84 um, yeah. kind of icons that are there, but there's hundreds more. I'm there's, looking at your map endless. right
2: now, and I, um, I didn't even know there was like a little circular thing uh, near Jim uh, that has uh, Chopin, um, yep. yeah, yeah,
3: Cherubini, yeah. Um, Bellini. All along, there's this little cluster of composers. I always wondered if they kind of their families got together and say, "Let's make this composers' circle or something." It's
2: like a little roundabout, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I can, I can remember uh, that it it was a trek. Um, I didn't really explore the neighborhood, though, but I did find out, since I didn't have a map or uh, a map of how to get there, that uh, Parisians were very friendly. Unlike what you hear, they were very friendly to oh. me and able were willing to give me directions and walk yes. me to certain places. You know, when you go to the museums, they may not be as friendly, but... They were, vi- the common <laughs> Parisian was extremely friendly. Um,
3: well, I think they're also, for, especially like myself, I earnestly am in awe of French culture. Yeah. Um, the, the history, I mean, this was a cemetery that was founded by Napoleon. Yeah. And people go, what? And I said, no, he was concerned about the health conditions of his citizenry uh, because they, there, was, there was no more room for dead bodies. Right. You know, traditionally, everyone is buried in a church. So the the church graveyards were overflowing, and the cemetery, in a sense, a wall caved in, and 2,000 corpses spilled out. So he instituted the whole concept of the garden-style cemeteries out in the countryside. Because the 20th arrondissement on in the early 19th century mm. was way out in the country. And so it was revolutionary. And that, you know... and. The, the architects are the ones that designed it. So this was never done, you know, as far as cemeteries. And most American cemeteries are modeled after Père Lachaise. But if you look at any major um garden cemetery that dates back to the 1800s in the US, they are modeled after Père Lachaise. Mm-hmm. You know, open winding pathways and and most of the ones in Europe the same of are um are modeled after Père Lachaise. So Historically, you know, again, vive la France. I mean yeah. the food, the the atmosphere, the museums, the art, um yeah. and then Père Lachaise is probably encompasses it all. You see beautiful sculptures on the tombs and you can probably and, it's like an open air museum really.
2: And the you beauty of this food. book is you don't have to go on an anniversary date like Jim Morrison's uh anniversary, um, you know, which the anniversary of his death, which a lot of people will go to his grave site. Um but you could go at any time and pick up this book and like I said, I wish I had it when I went.
3: And well looked- let me mention at this point too, I also um right after the book came out, a couple about a year later, well a year later, maybe a couple of months later, I came out with a GPS app. So really? you can also yeah, that's two ninety nine. That's <laughs> it's cool. on Apple and, and Android. And it's got the same content that I put in the three tours. That's even better. It's on the app, yes. And it has all the image, which is very helpful. It has the images of the tomb. So when you're wandering, because sometimes the maps will say, here's a little dot, and this is where Delacroix is. But if you have no idea what Delacroix's tomb looks like, and there's 30 tombs, um, I did did all the advanced research for everybody. So the GPS tour... Um, again, on my website, cityofimmortals.com, those, that is, you know, I'm, I translated into French this year, and I'm working on the audio now, because I, a lot of people just like to have it in their ear. Okay, take a left at this tree, and you'll see a big this and that. And That's cool. I'm looking forward to, to doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's become an industry. I don't know. It's just, it keeps it keeps t- taking hold of me. I mean, this, this fall, I'm going to have an exhibition of my photos. It keeps, I don't it's it's the it's the passion that keeps on getting i guess i mean i and i'm really thrilled to share it with people because it's well, an extremely memorable experience
2: thank you for this interview thank you for letting us run the excerpt on jim morrison from your book city oh, of immortals my and,
3: pleasure pat thank and keep you. in touch i will thank you again this has been wonderful
2: thank, thank you again. thank you carolyn for all the insights on jim morrison and Pere Lachaise listeners to purchase the book city of immortals Go to cityofimmortals.com. For those interested, it's worth every penny. It's a resourceful guide. It has beautiful photographs and has such a creative connection to the artist's buried there. And don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content and everything regarding music collecting. Pick up the August issue of Goldmine with that City of Immortals excerpt at select Barnes & Noble and Books a Million stores, too. This is Patrick Prince, Editor of Goldmine signing off, and I'll catch you next time on the Goldmine Podcast. Thanks.
0: This year is your year, even if you also said that in 2022. And however you want to make a splash, Mother Nature can help you every step of the way with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Woolrunner Mizzles are shoes made from premium, supernatural, weather-repellent materials. So you can jump into this year with both feet, rain or shine. The high-top uppers are made from temperature-regulating, moisture-wicking merino wool, treated with durable puddle guard technology to keep you dry and comfy. And you can take confident strides with with supernatural rubber treads that grip for all-condition traction and sugarcane-based sweet foam midsoles that put a little bounce in each step. Allbirds is constantly innovating to increase the performance and longevity of their earth-friendly materials. So even on your toughest outings, you'll wear out before your shoes do. This year, make a splash without worrying about getting your feet wet with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's a l l b i r d s.com